Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 360, you've saved money for a down payment on a house. Should you invest it in the stock market until you're ready to buy that property? Should a 30-something saver take as much investing risk as possible or buy a condo? Plus, backdoor Roth conversions under the Build Back Better Act, using a charitable remainder trust to avoid tax on an inherited IRA under the SECURE Act, and some listener comments. Visit YourMoneyYourWealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air to send in your money questions and comments as an email or a voice message. And since voice messages get first priority, we'll kick things off today with one about the tax efficiency of withdrawals from a robo-advisor brokerage account. I'm producer Andy Lass with the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Hi, Joe and Big Al. This is Sharon from Waukesha, Wisconsin. I drive a Honda CRV. I have a kitten named Baby, and I've recently discovered salted caramel vodka as my current drink of choice. My question for you today is regarding mobile advisors, specifically Betterment, I guess. Um, when I am making a withdrawal out of uh, my brokerage account at Betterment, can I be confident that my withdrawal is being made in the most tax efficient way? Uh, I understand there's other considerations in the broader picture of your overall portfolio and your other types of accounts. But if I was just looking at that brokerage account, are they taking into consideration the most efficient way to draw out those first funds that I may be taking. Appreciate your thoughts. Thanks. All right. Well, Sharon from Waukesha. Sharon's a regular. We've heard from her a few times. We have. I do like uh, Waukesha. <laughs> You've mentioned that before. No, I just like saying it. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> um, I think Sharon's asking a couple of different questions. When it comes to, I guess, in, in the brokerage account, are they taking a look at the lot level? You know, what is the cost basis? Sure. Are they doing an average cost when they sell the funds? Are they doing first in, first out, last in, first out? Um, so there's all sorts of different ways that you can take distributions from a brokerage account. Maybe we can probably just start explaining some of that. Yeah, elaborate on that. And um, and I, you know, I can't really specifically talk about betterment, but I, I know what we do. I'll talk about that. Well, I think uh, in, in most cases that if, if, yeah, I don't know what she's paying betterment. If it's just a brokerage house that does not necessarily have an advisor associated with it, right? You probably, as the client, need to give the brokerage house direction of what you want to do. Yeah. So, so I guess to to start at the beginning, so you can do average costs. So that's all your purchases, including your dividend reinvestments at the price that went in at that time. All the shares, average cost per share. That's one way to do it. Another way is uh, you can do first in, first out. So your first shares that you bought when you sell them are, are the first ones that are sold. Typically in a, in a, in a market that's going up, that, was, that would produce more gain and that's not optimum. So people generally like average cost better than that, but there's yet a better way, which is, which is uh, uh, specific identification or uh, on a lot level. In other words, maybe the last few shares that you bought or dividends that were reinvested, which is like a purchase, maybe those get sold because they have a lower gain. So that would be on a lot level. That's what we do. I, I don't really know what uh, Betterment does. Yeah. And so I think if you're using a brokerage um, firm as you're selling stocks or trying to create income from the overall portfolio, I mean, 
those are key things that you want to make sure that they're doing or that you're asking them or that, you know, I would say in most cases, they're probably just using average cost. I, I would agree. I think that. that's the default. Yeah. That, so, yeah. Agreed. You know, if I'm looking at my brokerage account that I'm self-directing and if I'm selling any shares, they're going to ask me, you know, would you want to use average cost or is there something specifically different that you would like to use? Right. Um, but if, if she's using a robo advisor paying 20, 30 basis points, and saying, hey, distribute the dividends to me, or hey, I, I need $1,000 a month from my brokerage account. Um, I, I have no idea. I would, I, I'm guessing. Um, so you, Sharon needs to do a little bit more research. Yeah. But she knows now what to tell them to do. Right, exactly. And, and that, that actually is now robo advisors tend to be more automated. So you may not well, get hence quite, the name. Hence the name. <laughs> robots are doing this. As opposed to, uh, and it depends what firm you go to. I mean, for, for example, it may be the right answer might be to have the biggest gain if you're in the 12% bracket because it's tax-free, right? So it, there, it just depends. And so everyone's situation is a little bit different. With a robo-advisor, you're probably kind of getting one flavor fits all, whatever, the, however they do it. Sure. Um, I, I think just to piggyback a little bit more on this is that as you're creating income from your portfolio... Um, you want to look at tax diversification that we talk about quite a bit. So if you're creating income from your brokerage account, are you taking all of the income needed for that given year from the brokerage account? Are you going to take some from the Roth account? Or are you going to take some from your tax deferred account? You know, then again, that's where you would have to give direction is saying, Hey, I need to generate, let's call it, you know, $60,000 from my portfolio. So I'm going to be taking some principal and earnings, but from that, do you take all of it from the brokerage account or do you take some of it from the brokerage, some of it from an IRA, some of it from a Roth to keep you in the lowest tax back, uh, bracket possible? Yeah. And I think that's key. And that's why we talk about Roth IRAs so much on this program, because if you have Roth IRAs, you have more tax diversification and you can keep yourself out of higher tax brackets. So that's a good point. What do we got next? We got Ray. I currently have the following accounts through my job. A pre-tax 457, a pre-tax 403B. Both accounts are fully funded for 2021. And I also have a fully funded Roth IRA. Before 2021 ends, I'd like to open a non-deductible IRA, max it out at $6,000, and immediately do a Roth conversion back to a Roth. Am I able to do such a move without getting penalized by the IRS? Well, Ray, um, unfortunately, you asked us this question uh, on December 5th, and I'm sure this podcast is going to air after the first of the year. Yeah. Uh, so two things. You already funded a, a Roth of 6000 You can't do another IRA of 6000 It's one or the other. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that. You can do one or the other, not both. Or any combination, right? Yeah, you can do three thousand in an IRA and three thousand in a Roth. You sure can. You could do three thousand in a Roth and then three thousand in a non-deductible IRA and then convert <laughs> it to your backdoor Roth. You could if if you felt so inclined. But I, I guess I do have a little update, even for twenty twenty two. Although as we record this show, 2022 is not there. It's not happened yet. However, I will say, as far as the backdoor Roth. And, and mega backdoor Roth, uh, because it does not appear that it's going to pass in 2021, you may still be able to do the backdoor Roth and mega backdoor Roth in 2022, but stay tuned on that one. 
Yeah, because they already took that out of the bill. Well, but they added it back. Then they took it out. We did a whole webinar on it. I know, but this is uh, this is uh, article from Monday, December twentieth. So, th- so it was still in there. But Joe uh, Manchin, if yes. that's how, yeah, that's how you pronounce it, he doesn't want to vote for the bill as is. So it's probably not going to pass in twenty twenty one. All right, um, but what raises so a couple of things. Uh, he's asking the question: If I do a backdoor Roth, so I do a non deductible IRA and then I convert it directly into a Roth IRA, can I do that immediately? And the answer is yes. Agreed. So you put the money into an IRA and then you convert it the next day. Not a big deal. Yeah. So, and for sure you can do that in 2021 right now. It's appearing... that's the question he's, he's asking. Yes. So that's the question we're answering. I know, but <laughs> by the time this is played on the podcast, it'll be 2022. And at the moment, it seems like you may be able to do this in 22 as well. He's Stay not tight. asking if he can do the I know, but our, but our listeners want to know. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Actually, we've had a lot of questions about what's going to happen with the backdoor route. So I think oh, probably yeah, in 2022, oh. people will be interested. I don't think we have any clue what's going to happen. <laughs> that <laughs> I would agree with. Yes. The question is, is that he can convert it right away? And the answer is yes. There's no penalty, right? Before we would think that it needed a season. Yeah. That you wanted to wait like uh, six months before you converted it because it could have been an arm's length or sham transaction and all of that BS. So, yeah, um, I was just adding color. Oh, God. You know, there's another radio show of an advisor that we both know that when he gets a question, he spends about 15 minutes answering everything. Just so every listener gets a tidbit, I guess. So I was, I was doing that. Okay. Let's not do that. I think it's very helpful. It's, well, you should go to that show. Oh, my. Uh, all right. I, I will. So, dear Joe, Big Al, and Andy, we love your podcast. I have a question about charitable remainder trusts. Um, I currently have $4 million in my 401k and $5 million in a regular brokerage account. Um, I'm 64 years old, and my wife is 58 years old. I plan to work another five years. I will start collecting Social Security when I'm 70, and at that time, my wife will start collecting her spousal benefit. Our combined Social Security at that time will be $60,000 so we can live off our brokerage accounts if need to. Our yearly expenses is uh, approximately $100,000. I'm concerned about the taxes uh, that my two children will have to pay on the inherited 401k, which they will have to withdraw within 10 years. Do you think a CRUT would solve this problem? Is there any taxes associated with a CRUT after my wife and I pass away besides the taxes on the income that my kids will pay on income distributed out from the CRUD uh, or charitable remainder trust. Is there tax on the CRT trust on distributions to it from the 401k IRA after our death? Thanks, George from uh, New York. So uh, Andy, what's how, how much time? I forgot to hit the clock. <laughs> you got three minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. Cool. No, we can do that. All right. Perfect. Um, so a few things. So the stretch IRA was gone um, after the, the SECURE Act. Correct. And what the stretch IRA allowed was non-spouse beneficiaries. So children, um, anyone but a- Grandchildren, a, brother, sister, whatever, friend. The, yes. Uh, Bus- business associate. Yes, a non-spouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they could stretch uh, the tax out over the, the beneficiary's life expectancy. Um, so let's say if I inherited Big Al's IRA, um, I could stretch the tax out over, let's say, the next 40 some odd years. Um, 
that was the stretch. So it stretched out the, the tax liability. So the, there was not a big tax consequence when you inherited retirement accounts if you didn't need to pull the money out right away. And uh, so the SECURE Act uh, from a few years ago eliminated that. They said, no, we can't let you stretch that tax out over your lifetime. You need to pull the money out. The, the money needs to be completely uh, distributed out of the retirement account within 10 years. Right. And it can be same amount each year. It could be full amount first year, second year, 10th year, or wh- however combination you want to do it. But by the end of year 10, it needs to be gone. So here's the problem with George, right? Um, George has got a lot of cash sitting in a retirement account. He's got 5 million bucks. Right. But how old is George? 50, he's 64 years old. Right. So let's say, and he doesn't need any of the money because he's got $5 million in a brokerage account and he's sure. only going to live off $100,000 a year and 60,000 is going to come from social security. Yeah. So he needs to pull 40,000 on 5 million, which is yeah. less than 1%. Yeah. So he'll be fine. I agree. So he's like, all right, well, here, my 401k is $5 million. He's 64. He lives to 74. That's going to be 10 million and then he has to take rmds at 10 million so he's going to have to take four hundred thousand dollars out of the overall account um roughly you know yeah. if, the, if the account doubles within 10 years sure. as an rmd and then he's going to get hammered in tax and then if he passes right there's this big huge retirement account that's going to go to his kids let's say it's 10 million bucks at this time well they're going to have to pull a million dollars out per year Right. That's the least, I mean, well, divided by two, because there's two. Okay. $500,000 yeah. out per year, or maybe they could, you know, they could do a combination as else as I'll talked about, yeah. but adding that much income is going to put you probably in the highest tax bracket. Right. And so there is a solution. You can set up a charitable remainder trust. And that's actually a, a trust that generally gets set up. In this case, it's the beneficiary of your IRA. So what happens is when you pass away that, that the, the um, beneficiary is not your kids, it's the charitable remainder trust, but your kids are beneficiaries of the charitable remainder trust, and it can be set up so that you have a life payment for each kid. So it could still stretch over their lifetime. There's some negatives because some of the assets have to go to charity. And if you die prematurely, if the kids die prematurely, then whatever's in the account goes to charity. So then the grandkids wouldn't get any. So just be aware there's there's pluses and minuses, but you can do that. Yeah. The trust is going to be able to distribute the amount of money over the kid's life expectancy. So you still get that control if you want, or you can avoid the, the depletion within 10 years. Correct. But the negatives is that, right, you're going to have, if the kids die prematurely, everything's going yeah, to charity. It's not necessarily limited, eliminated from your state. So you still pay estate taxes and the kids will pay taxes as they receive distributions. All right. Hope that helps. Keep your New Year's resolutions to get your financial house in order and get more personalized help by booking a free financial assessment. Visit the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com, then click get an assessment to schedule a comprehensive dive into your entire financial plan with one of the experienced professionals on Joan Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors. They'll show you how to align your investments with your goals and your tolerance for risk. They'll uncover ways you may be able to save money and taxes and maximize your social security benefits. They'll also show you how to protect your nest egg in the face of market volatility, inflation, and changing tax laws. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and schedule a no cost, no obligation financial assessment now. Okay, let's go to Mark from St. George, Utah. Uh, YMYW crew, excellent show. Funny and informative. Joe's not arrogant, just confident. Screw them. Thin-skinned 
people bees, bees <laughs> that can't take it. Okay. All right. Jeez, Mark is aggressive. Yeah. He's got my back though. He does. Anytime I'm in St. George, Utah. You're, you are. So you're confident. So that's what it is. I'm just going to have to look we, him we up. didn't really know. Just hang out with me at the bars. Yeah. So, no. Then you can see if you're really <laughs> confident. Or no, he's a, you know, then he can be my side, side hustle guy. Yeah. You know? okay. Wing, wingman is what the word I was looking for. Got it. <laughs> I thought yeah. you were going to put him to work. Side hustle. What is it? <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. Got it. All right. Uh, so he's got a 2009 Toyota Avalon. Uh, he doesn't have any pets and his drink of choice is Crown and Coke. Okay. All right. Yeah, for sure. Mark and I are going <laughs> to hang out. You are going to, you ever go to St. George? Um, no, never, never been. been. I've never been to Utah. It's, it's, it's actually really pretty. It's surprisingly beautiful. Uh, isn't there a lot of good golf courses in St. George? Uh, why would it be? Why would you say surprisingly? Because, because I used to think of Utah as like more like a desert. But it's it, it's it, it. I would think of the opposite. I would think mountains and snow. Well, there's some, but like Park City. <laughs> yeah, Park City. That's but that's the. I mean, most of it is pretty dry, but it's it's like, I don't know. It it it, it there's Zion and Bryce, which are beautiful. They are mountainy. It's it's a little bit like Grand Canyon with trees, and then there's places where there's no trees, which is still really beautiful, like Arches, for example. Oh. Anyway, you got to go. I went to Al's house. Surprisingly, it was beautiful. <laughs> it's like, Not like your garage now. Like, well, it was to me. The first time uh, I drove through Utah. God, I met Al's wife. Surprisingly. <laughs> surprisingly beautiful. Not, not even surprisingly. Uh, wife and I. Wifey. Wifey. No, I don't know if I can hang out with anyone. Well, we, wifey, he's, wifey. he's been on before and he's called her wifey before. Wife and I recently moved to Utah to be closer to my aging mom. Um, that is surprisingly beautiful. <laughs> I'm not sure if we want to stay in this area. So we are renting versus buying a house. Housing market in Southern Utah is crazy expensive. Question. We have $400,000 sitting in cash ready for a down payment on a house. Since we are on the fence about buying a house, what do you think we should do with the money? Appreciate your insights, but not advice. Uh, Mark. Okay. Um, I don't, all right. So He's got 400000 sitting in cash. He's on the fence. Does he want to live in St. George um, or not? He's there because mom is getting a little older and probably needs a little bit of TLC from Mark in wifey. Sure. Um, what does he do? Yeah. What does he do? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. If you're on the fence and if you're not going to stay there, um. It's it's not a great market to buy and sell in a year or two. Yeah, I think you'd think of it as longer term. And and as much as I would tell you it's surprisingly beautiful, I would not want to live there myself because it's too hot in the summer and too cold in the winter. So there you go. Okay. Well, let's say <laughs> it's even if it's not St. George, it's somewhere else, right? I mean, you need real estate. You need time. You do. You know what I mean? Because uh, it's a I, yeah. big investment. You have $400,000 and you buy a house. And then you realize in two years that you don't like the neighborhood. You don't like the house. Um, God forbid something happens to mom and you want to move back to wherever. Right. Um, so what does he do now? He sells and who knows what's going to happen to the real estate market in two years from now, because the real estate market has done quite well for since the crash of 08. Right. So it, it would be, you know, in a two-year time frame, I, I don't know. I would probably continue to rent until you know what's going to 
Yeah, that's what I would do too. Because even if the housing market stays flat, so you got cost to buy, you got cost to sell. Right. The cost, the cost to buy would be some closing costs and points. You know, let's call that one percent just to make up a number. But the cost to sell is probably going to be six or seven percent. So if your real estate stays stays flat, and if you sell at full market value, you're still going to lose eight percent. Just right there. And then whatever upkeep and, and, and by the way, buying that, furniture and yeah, everything and else. All that. And that's not 8% of your down payment. That's 8% of the property, right? Which eats in, you lose a lot more of your down payment. So I, I would, I, I, I like to think of real estate in terms of at least a five-year hold personally. I would keep the money in cash. I would rent for the next year or two, see how you feel about it. And then from there go. Um, because if you're on the fence and you don't know what you're doing, I would think of buying a primary residence long-term. It's not like, hey, let's do a quick flip here. Um, yeah. On the other hand, uh, if he's asking what to do with the $400,000, if you're thinking you still want, might want to buy you got to keep it safe, keep put, it put in a CD or something like that. What do we got here? I'm excited to listen to you tear this apart. <laughs> All right. Okay. My question is probably of no value to anyone other than me. Nevertheless, I hope you can help a man out with spitballing my financial planning. I just won't hold you to it as I know where you live if things go wrong. All right, joking aside, just turned 33 and have been living in the USA for two years now. I have been absorbed into the FI movement, not the re part. Real estate. Got it. Now, <laughs> financial independence, retire early. So he's interested uh, in the financial retire. independence, oh, but not oh. the retire early. You are right. That's fire cut in half. Yep. Okay. I'm okay. Yep. All right, cool. And I'm looking for the best advice that you um, would have given yourself at my age. What do you think? What easy there, Tiger? <laughs> I, might, I might be your age. Uh, Big Al, on the other hand, I will tell you. Maybe you just address Joe, this to Big Al. Joe is not your age anymore. Well, pretty close. <laughs> not really. I'm closer to his age than but, I am to your age. Uh, Yes, I will give you that. All right. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I have no children, no wife or girlfriend, and I'm saving around $65,000 annually. Um, I'm maxing out my 401k, Roth IRA, HSA, uh, the balance going into my taxable brokerage account, mostly some Vanguard fund, BOO. That is. I've That's heard. Vanguard S&P 500 ETF. Is that what that is? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you, do you own that? You have to disclose it. Uh, no, my son does. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I have no debt or mortgage and feel like this is the perfect time to risk as much as I can for the best gains for over the long term. My 401k is split 80% large cap, 20% small cap. My Roth is mostly in REITs due to the tax advantages. And I have not invested my HSA as of yet. And I would like to know your opinion on what you suggest as I'm healthy and young. I was thinking about buying a condo in investing less to pay it off as soon as possible. Okay. So he's saving 65 grand, buys a condo. Right. Instead of saving 65, save a little bit less and then just throw everything against the debt. Sure. Um, but the housing market is going crazy. Uh, cray, cray. See, dude, I'm, I'm your age. I, I know the hey. That uh, is a huge stretch. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in your mind, Al. You're the one that tells everybody oh, that, right? Yeah. Uh, anything goes, and I look forward to your advice. P.S. I don't have a car or animals. Uh, only me, myself, and 
your crazy banter every week, which makes me laugh like a crazy person on the bus that rides around Seattle, Washington. Oh, don't laugh too loud on the bus. You may think you're crazy. Yeah. This is Bevan, by the way. Thanks, Bevan from Seattle. Um, We got an office coming up in Seattle. We do. Yeah. So stay tuned for some big news here in the next week or two. Um, oh, by the time the show airs, it may, may be there. Maybe there. Maybe Pure Financial Advisors in Seattle. Right. Just watched a crazy movie out of Seattle. Oh, you did? You no, know, Sandra Bullock. Okay. Which one? It's, it's a new one on Netflix. Oh. It's, it's Does it involve cool. a bus? I don't know. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, but it, it, not really. A, yes. I guess she rides the bus. Okay. Yeah. She was in prison for a while. And, okay. Yeah. Not, that's not a Hallmark movie? Like not, I watched? No, it's not a Hallmark movie. It's not a, it's, it doesn't leave you with um, roses. Got it. All right. So we got to spitball this thing. Yeah. Um, so he's saving a ton of money. What is he right. doing? All right. I like what he's, does he buy a condo? I mean, he's got, he's saving $65,000. What's his question though? I've just got lost. Well, he wants to, he wants us to tear it apart. His plan. Well, there's nothing to tear apart. The kid's saving $65,000 a year and he's 33 years old. Well, let's start with the uh, 401k allocation. 80% large cap, 20% small cap. Love it. Yeah, love that too. You, yeah. Put some international, maybe emerging markets sure. in there. At 33, you basically want to be all in. If you can handle the, the volatility. volatility. And it's a 401k and Roth IRA. You can't touch that money until you're 60 anyway. You're 33, you got 30 years to go. That's right. Um, right. So how, how about how about REITs in a Roth? No, I don't like that at all. I don't either. I, I think uh, you probably find that the um, emerging markets or small cap will do better long term. You want your highest performing asset in the Roth. And put your REITs in the in your um, 401k yeah. or IRA. Agreed. Um, the reason why he's doing that for the tax advantage is that maybe the interest that kicks out of the REIT, he's, he's taking it. Yeah. He, he's deferring that. Right. But if I'm looking at, let's say, small cap value or emerging markets is going over the long term, probably has a higher expected rate of return than a REIT. Yes. Um, and so you put your REITs in the 401k because it's ordinary income anyway. So you kind of match that up. Yep. Okay. So what else? You buy a condo and in, in-, in Seattle? Uh, yes, I, I would say you're 33. The market's always going to be crazy. There's always going to be something that, that that's not going to make you to buy. You're going to have buyer's remorse regardless. Yeah. And, and at some point though, there will be a dip in the real estate market. And I started investing in real estate in 1985 and there were two major dips. The, the great recession was the biggest one, but now everything is so much higher than what I paid for it. I mean, I think long-term you think virtually almost anywhere on the West coast, it's, it's, that's where people are moving to. I think it's a, that's a great location. Right. And look at uh, Seattle's a booming market. Yep. So yeah, I, I understand the real estate is cray cray. <laughs> that was your term, not his, <laughs> but you're trying to be 25, but he's 33 and let's say he holds it for 10 years. Do you think the value of your condo in 10 years from now is going to be higher lower than what you paid for it? You know what I mean? You're yeah. probably going to build equity. You're going to pay it down. I w- the interest rates are pretty low. I would not throw, I would continue to save as much as you can, right? Now is the time to take the risk and leverage is your friend, right? So as long as you have a good, healthy income and you're saving $65,000 a year, I would put 20% down, get a decent rate and not necessarily pay any extra and continue to grow your other liquid portfolio. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Thanks. Uh, Bevan from Seattle. And yes, Pure Financial Advisors' Seattle Mercer Island office is indeed now open. Visit the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to learn about the team at the new office. You can also download our brand new Financial New Year's Resolutions Guide for free. 
Ask Joe and Al your money questions. Watch videos of the fellas answering your money questions. And don't forget to share the YMYW podcast with your friends, family, and colleagues on social media or via email. You can do all of that from the podcast show notes. To get there, just click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app. Got a couple comments here for you, Al. Okay. Nancy, California, she writes in, comment on episode 354. Remember that one? Yeah, that was November 30th, 2021. <laughs> uh, it was actually a compilation episode about uh, whether or not people should take their pension lump sum or uh, monthly payment. Oh. A little compilation episode. Okay. I didn't know we had those. Yeah, me neither. They're quite um, popular. Got Wait. it. Um, you covered a question about how the person's mother-in-law should take her CalPERS pension since she was going to leave the workplace early to care for her grandchildren. I know they didn't ask about it, but I think you should highlight that not only is she lowering her future pension by leaving the workplace early, but she's also lowering her Social Security payments if they don't contribute to Social Security for her as their employee. There's so much more to this decision than getting less expensive childcare. I agree, Nancy. Yeah, that's spot on. Spot on. We guess we should have said it. Yeah. But we try to, we try to answer the question. Yeah, remember that one guy that freaked out on us about you said take the lump sum and that was I, the exact same question was it? that he oh, that was. he was having an issue with was was your answer to this question. But he yeah. said take the lump sum. I said take the pension. I no, I you said take the lump sum, and he said, Why in the world would she want to do that? It's a CalPERS pension, she should take it as the monthly payment. Yeah, I was I was uh, just listening. I don't make judgments on CalPERS pension. I don't really know much about it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hello, Big Al, Joe and Andy. Um, I would like to thank you for all the great content you provide each week. I've been listening to your show for two years. Typically, after a few months, most podcast shows feel repetitive, but not yours. Nope. Because we do this unprepared and on the cuff. <laughs> That's true. Uh, there is no um, practice. It's just... It's, it's Joe and Al and Andy just, raw. Just raw. Uh, love your compilation episode on the question on capital gains. Uh, most books fail to clearly explain the workings of capital gains, tax, and pro rata calculations. After listening to your episode, I felt very comfortable educated with these topics. I have completed one after-tax basis from IRA to Roth, two backdoor, three mega backdoor uh, for solo 401k conversion this year and verified by manually completing forms 8606, Schedule B. I will know if I did all these transfers correctly when I file my taxes in 2021. No questions this time. Just want to say thanks. Happy holidays and happy new year in advance. Cheers. Uh, Priya. See that? The compilation episodes, they're very popular, which actually works out very well since the previous one that you heard was actually a social security compilation. Oh, it was. Okay. Compilation. Yep. That's what happens when you guys go on vacation. (laughs) Yeah, Big Al. You went to Fiji this year? I went to Tahiti. Tahiti. Same same, same. (laughs) Similar. (laughs) Pretty close. Uh, All right. Thanks, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, We'll see you next week. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. 
Cranky Joe is back with one-year contracts, Caramel versus Caramel, Cray Cray, and Al's Hawaiian Golf Trip. It's all in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call us at 888-994-6257 and schedule your free financial assessment at a time and date convenient for you, no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Uh, It's been a great year here on Your Money, Your Wealth. Andy, phenomenal job. Thank you for everything. Oh, thank you, Joe. And thank you, Al. Yes, and I, the same. I got uh, two great co-partners here. Love it. So we will continue in 2022. <laughs> but who knows after that? <laughs> yeah, we, we signed, yeah, we signed a one-year one year contract. One-year contract. Um, caramel vodka. You ever had that? No. Do you like caramel? I, I like salted caramel. Um, yeah, not do sure you I like say it caramel or caramel? Uh, actually, I do say caramel. Come to think of it, you know, I don't know why I just said caramel. I just wanted to be different. <laughs> it, she had me while she was saying salted caramel, but once it got to vodka, I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> you don't like vodka? No, nah, not a fan. But I love salted caramel. So, mm. and I said, apparently, I say caramel all the time. I haven't even really caramel. thought about it that much. That's kind of my pet peeve. I don't think it's. I think it's caramel. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, there is another A in it, though. Well, I mean, if you if you if it sounded out, it's caramel. So yeah, it's but we, we I, I guess <laughs> I grew up with caramel. Yeah, me Car- too. yeah, yeah. Andy probably says niche versus niche. Could be. Oh, that drives me nuts too. What people say. <laughs> you have a niche in your business? I was like, yeah, not hanging out with people like you. Wow, Cranky Joe is back. No, Merry Christmas. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just the season. <laughs> The, the audio is just awful in here. And Aaron is just, it, it's making me upset. That's all it is. Yeah, <laughs> the real estate market's going cray, cray. When I used to say stuff like that, you would call me on it. <laughs> now I think uh, our listener needs to call you on it. We don't say that anymore. <laughs> not not this generation. Got it. Got it. Right. You're off to where now? Um, going to be going to Maui next. Maui next. Going home. Yeah, going home to the islands. Usually I go to Kauai, this time Maui. I'm going I'm to volunteer in the, the Kapalua golf tournament, the Century Tournament. Oh, you're going to be at Kapalua? Yeah, I am. Oh, you're going to do the little rangefinder thing? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yep. Just because you have all that experience at the yeah. Torrey Pines. Yeah, I sort of got bored of farmers, so I wanted to do something else. Oh, very cool. So I picked that. I, I love that course. Kapalua, have you ever played it? No, I want to. I'm... Actually, I get a free round for volunteering. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, let me know how it goes. Yeah, I will. 